most people become anxious or depressed a lot of times because they're either trying to live up to unrealistic expectations they set for themselves or trying to live up to unrealistic expectations of others. And I find this particularly in adolescence, Matt. Yeah, and they don't know, and they frequently don't even realize whose script they're running. You know, it, it takes a couple, it takes a couple of different years and iterations to, to, you, you think you're having original thoughts, and then you, you realize that those are, uh, there's occasional original thoughts, but most of them are, are filtered down ideas that you've seen or heard or read somewhere, heard from your parents or read in a book, and you're bringing them to the surface, and then you, you, you do some personal work and, and, and are able to see a little bit of the, um, the script you're playing and, and the origins of that and realize, oh yeah, that's, I'm just like dad when dad gets angry. I'm just like mom when this happens. And, mm. and then you run a little bit deeper and realize, oh, that's your teachers, your culture. Um, and how would you use technology to be a bridge? How would you use technology to help people understand or deal with their thoughts and feelings? Yeah. So one of the things is like I, with technology is there's so much of it out there that you don't need to go very far. So a simple example, I started a, uh, my parents, so my parents are divorced, you know, I'll text with my mom sometimes, I'll text with my dad, I text with I have a family text chat. And, um, and the other day I, I, sent a text message to just my mother and father. It was just the three of us on a group text. And that little tiny group text, right, um, became this rich little bubble of love <laughs> for a period of a couple weeks, you know, uh, that, that we just, ended up sending some communication there and we, and we all realized that it was, it was, it wasn't going to any of my brothers or sisters or my stepsisters or my wife or my kids, or it was just me and mom and dad. And the, um, a technology enabled you know, little bubble of, of support. And, um, I didn't need a special app for that. I didn't need a, um, you know, but it would not have been possible on a phone, you know, the, the cell phone that I had eight years ago. So quite often what we try to help people understand is that active listening is 90% of communication. And we help people understand that uh, most conflicts, misunderstandings, bitterness, or hurt feelings occur because we either assume that the other person knows what we think, knows what we're feeling, and knows <laughs> what our needs are. How can uh, maybe perhaps social media or uh, these communication uh, ways that are coming up new every day. How can that help in that? How, how can you, as a purveyor of technology, uh, assist with that? It, and it's a good question because it, it certainly the the misunderstandings happen more commonly in some channels. So text messaging is particularly bad for that. Um, it's it's quick, it's light. You can um, you can use emojis, so you 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 can avoid 
using language that can be restrictive. Like you can present a, a visual symbol that could be interpreted in a couple different ways. And uh, in some ways that's for the better. Um, but I think, I think one is just being mindful that each channel is different. I think that's something that people may not take into account. Um, one example is they're using, there's now um, messaging apps or platforms like Slack would be one good example where people are wondering how do we, how might we have Slack for healthcare, for instance, is, it's one of the things some companies are working towards those types of technology solutions to to enable more rapid, real time um, communication around patient cases. But they're realizing that the way in which we communicate over text messaging is often um, it's more glib. It can be more snarky or more sarcastic or uh, more informal. And that doesn't work with a lot of places, including including medicine. And so just because you can have a particular um, technology or tool doesn't mean you should be using it. Um, the, the other thing I'm reminded of is you mentioned um, once, like it's the theme of the podcast, that explosive <laughs> mindfulness and, and leaning into things and the, the intentionality. Um, and I think I invite people to be intentional with their technology and also creative, like just that, like that text channel that I was talking about with my parents. It's, it's such a dumb little thing, uh, that like, well, of course you can just send a text to, to, just those people and not other people. But I remember as I was doing it, I was like, I just want to send this to, I was frustrated. I was like, oh, I want to send something to mom. I was like, I'm just going to send it to dad at the same time. And just, just the three of us. And it, it, it was this tiny little act of creation to put that channel into existence, but then it stayed there. And you're talking about intentionality. Yeah. And that was your intention. And that was my intention. I just want to create this channel here. And, but I also had to be mindful that like, it wasn't some, you know, if, if something came across the other way that I wanted to share with other people, then I've got to, you know, copy and paste it or show them the thread or it's, it's has its own downside. But. So what do you say to people who get caught up in the new bells and whistles who, uh, I'm, well, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I'm, what I'm speaking of is telephones particularly they i don't know if they come out as often as they used to but it seemed like they were coming out every four or five weeks <laughs> and you had to have this and i know it's a marketing tool but yeah. you they made people feel that they were being left behind if oh, they yeah. didn't have and they slowed it yeah and they they slowed uh the newer phones are allowed to operate faster <laughs> the, the old phones are slowed down basically if you don't buy a new phone you know if you're your iphone uh, I was talking to somebody today who has like an iPhone five something and, um, it does not operate as fast as. So Matt, how can we help people understand when technology ceases to become a tool and the individual becomes a tool of technology? You know, going back to your point about intentionality, um, I would 
continue to question your intent as to why you're doing something. Um, the Cal, there's an author called named Cal Newport, and he wrote a great book called Deep Work, and I recommend it to all my patients. Deep Work. Deep work. And he's a computer science professor, really busy guy, who uh, also found time to write several novels. Um, he's home by like 5.30, doesn't work on weekends, um, and really just gets things done during his time. But also he's, he's in the busy field of academic computer science. So, so not only is he a computer scientist, but he's, he's a, he writes about a computer science writing you know, intense research articles and then also books. So um, has to do a lot of heavy lifting with thinking. You know, you, it's not just cutting and pasting things or, or running around with one meeting followed by the next. It's, it's having deep uh, productive thought channeled into words um, and sentences and paragraphs and books. And one of the things he suggests is um, finding scheduling time where you can be distracted. Mm, that's interesting. And not scheduling time to focus. So the, the, the average person might say, okay, well, I'm going to uh, during this 30-minute period or even this 90-minute period, I'm, re I'm really just going to work here and I'm not going to check Facebook and whatnot. And which means that their default mode, the, 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 the way they normally go about things outside of that time frame is I'm going to let myself get distracted. And if my phone goes off, I'm going to check it. If an email bling goes off, I'm going to check it. And if a tweet goes off or I want to take a picture and put it on my Instagram story, I'll do that. Um, what he suggests is, however finding time where you you schedule the time during which you will let yourself be distracted by things. Mm. But the other time, you should be focused on a thing, doing a thing. But just by flipping that, it it changes the whole scenario. And, and, those, are, and those are making choices. And those are making choices. That's right. Um, and, and giving yourself the default that you will not be distracted giving yourself permission yeah so quite often what we talk we help people understand that their brains are merely masses of organic goo and what they are is their repositories for data okay and our minds are the things that shape shift sort and process and add importance to thoughts and simply because a thought's repetitive or loud our mind can think that it's it's important which kind of the basis of obsessional thinking. So what we ask people to is to step back and learn how to speak to themselves, to step back and become the I, the authentic self, become the observer self, and deal with that mind. When a, when a child's anxious or upset or frightened or afraid, or, or let's say a, a puppy, you have a puppy, uh, do you scream at that puppy? Does, it, does that work? Or what do, you, what do you do when your child's anxious or afraid, Matt? You scream at your you scream at them. I try not to. <laughs> what do you, what do you do <laughs> when my child's anxious or afraid? Yeah. Well, I think the number the most important thing, letting them know you see them, and, ah, and hear them. They're being heard. That yeah. their voice is being heard. Yeah. So you know whether that's um, and 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 I was surprised that in my um, child therapy training that some of the 
some of the tools for that were just really simple. So for instance, like, you know, repetition, if a kid says, you know, this is my, you know, this is my puppy. He's hurt. You know, oh, that's your puppy. He's hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, just mirroring that. You don't uh, feeling reflections. Right. Yeah. Reflecting back on, on, and they know that what they're putting out into the world was seen, heard, and you're, you're tracking them. And you're being acknowledged and you're being heard. And which means that your thoughts and feelings have merit. And in reality, you're comforting that child mm-hmm. and you're encouraging them to understand that they're allowed to have thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And, and not even, and maybe not comforting them, but um, I mean, it is comforting for them. But one step before that is, you know, validating them that, that they're, that they're operating with sort of real pieces of information because um, um, they often go throughout their day um, unsure if what they're seeing and feeling and experiencing is is real, if that matters, if it's um, because adults, you know, we're often paying attention to other things than, than what kids are and, and can quickly write up child's experiences to play or fantasy mm-hmm. or nonsense. <laughs> well, we often, what we try to do is help people, and this is a common theme of this program, is to help people be able to label and describe thoughts and feelings. Just like you have a puppy. If you're, why do people name puppies? Why do people name pets? Well, if they ran outside and you never named them, you wouldn't be able to bring them back. And that's the way that thoughts and feelings are. Sometimes if we can't able to label and describe them, we can't bring them back. And speaking of bringing back, we'd love to have you on our show again in the future. Uh, We're spinning around to a many, just like we do. We like, we encourage people to go down to rabbit holes. We ask them to walk through life with their eyes wide open. Yeah. So you have an open invitation to uh, come into our world. You're always welcome here, Matt. I'd love to be back. It's always it's always fun talking with you. You're always welcome. So if you have any uh, comments about this program, uh, Mike's going to, our producer, my good friend and co-host often of this program, Mr. Mike, will show you how to uh, contact us at the end. And also, uh, we give a free prescription at the end of every podcast, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we ask that you fish without bait. And as always, we ask you to forgive yourself, to forgive another, be kind to everyone that you meet, treat everyone you meet with courtesy and respect, and learn how to talk with yourself as a friend. Tell all our free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.